impossible for God to lie. That means it's impossible for God to do anything other than what he said in his word. It's impossible for God not to fulfill his promises on your behalf. All right. So last, last time, I've got some more things I want to say about eros and agape. Okay, eros, we uh, took some time to talk about in, in detail last week. And the word eros is where we get our English word erotic, which um, this idea of, of sexual love, um, this concept of sexual love uh, has kind of hijacked eros. You know, this concept of, of, of sexual love, erotica, erotic, Okay, even though that can be, say can be, that can be a part of eros, but it's not eros. See, eros is the desire. It's a, it's a strong, passionate desire. Desire for the highest, the best, the, the, mo the most beautiful. Okay? And in relationships, um, eros can lead to a sexual encounter, okay? But it's not the sexual encounter itself that's the eros. The eros is, I got to have this. Not necessarily the sex. And sometimes eros does say that. But eros is, I, I must have this person. And then sex sometimes is a byproduct of that. Like, I need to have this beautiful person in my life. Does that make sense to you? It's the desire for the highest, the best, the most beautiful. Not just people, it could be a thing. Like I said, in the Greek culture, um, back in, in Jesus' day, when, the, when these beautiful sculptures and arts and paintings came from the Greek culture, in, in the time of, of Jesus when he walked the earth. Um, it, was, it, it produced some of the most beautiful art the world has ever seen. And people admire it still to this day. And look at it, look at these things, these paintings and sculptures and, and so forth, in, in awe. Okay? And uh, in that Greek culture, uh, uh, eros... Is, is a love that desired the most beautiful, like, I got to have this painting. And a, a sculpturer, people who, who are make, making these, these beautiful sculptures, if, if it's not the most beautiful, it's, if it's flawed in any way, then they, they destroy it, start all over again, because they've got to have the highest. They've got to have the best. That's eros, okay? Um, and it's dangerous for relationships to be based on eros. Because the flip side of eros it, is that it does not tolerate anything less than the best. It doesn't tolerate anything that falls beneath its particular standard, whatever standard that they set. So there's rejection built into it. See, and religion looks at God 
as this, we're going to destroy this concept of this mean God and, 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 and then another side that religion has messed up or, or, or another thing that religion has messed up is this concept of God as being, he doesn't tolerate anything that's not perfect or anything f that falls beneath his standard. And so religion has made this concept of people not being worthy to come into God's presence because who are we as, as humans, as flawed as we are to enter God's presence? That, that, that we're, we're flawed and sometimes somehow God looks at us with, with disdain and, and, and it's like he's, he's just, oh, can't stand us or put up with us. Um, but no, that's not, that's not God. God is not Eros. God is Hesed. We, we looked at loving kindness. The, we'll get into that a little bit more. But in Hebrew, the word is Hesed, sometimes translated loving kindness, sometimes translated steadfast love, sometimes translated mercy. God is Hesed. 1 John 4 tells us, we looked at that last week, we won't revisit it again because, oh my goodness, I've got a ton of scriptures. But God is love. Say God is love. God. Say God is Hesed. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And, um, and I want to circle back and talk about, we're going to talk about the oath some more, but I want to just mention this right now. God made an oath. He swore by himself. This covenant is an, he, he made an oath that he would fulfill this covenant. And I, I want to talk about, just reemphasize something that I mentioned last week. When man makes an oath, in man's covenant. When man makes an oath, it's to kind of make sure that he'll keep it, to remind himself to keep it because he might break it. So the oath is like to, the covenant oath is to put him on the hook and to make sure he'll keep it because man might not keep it. That's not why God makes an oath. See, God's word is enough. He didn't need to make a covenant oath. God is not a man that he should lie. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Hath he spoken and shall he not make a good? So God didn't have to make an oath to, to remind him to keep it and to make sure he keeps it because he might be tempted to break it. That's why man does it, but that's not why God does it. So why does God do it? He comes down to our level because we understand covenant. Now, now y'all understand it. Most of the Western world doesn't understand covenant, but I've been laying a foundation for covenant, and you understand how powerful a covenant is. A, a covenant is, is to the death. All right? So, when, when God, see, God understood a man's covenant. See, they would seek your death if you broke the covenant, in a man's covenant. And God, who is the foundation of covenants, he's where all these covenant concepts come from, however perverted some of them might be. Covenant comes from God. 
And he understood that man understood covenant. So he made an oath, a covenant oath, so that, so that man would understand that he won't break it. Amen. Now, boy, we're going to get into some stuff today. Y'all ready? Yeah. Um, now, may the God of peace who brought again, uh, I know we didn't, we didn't say our confession today, did we? All right. I am the disciple who Jesus loved. I am my father's favorite child. I am the apple of his eye. I am well-pleasing in his sight. I receive the love that my father has for me. Everything I do and touch shall be blessed because I am the beloved. I am loved, righteous, blessed, prosperous, redeemed, forgiven, talented, created, confident, secure, disciplined, focused, prepared, qualified, motivated, valuable, free, determined, equipped, empowered, anointed, accepted, and approved, not average, not mediocre, holy, flawless, without blemish, blameless, and free from accusation. I am a child of the Most High God. I will become all I was created to be in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> okay. Hebrews 13, now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. See, Jesus was raised from the dead. How? Through the blood or by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay. Man, let's just dive right into this. Boy, get your seat belts fastened. Get, make sure that your seat backs and tray tables are in their upright and locked position. If you're uh, watching at home, uh, you're, you're not just passing by, but you're a you're, you Summit family, you, you're a summit, summit Nation, lock in. Don't don't go off and go to the refrigerator and, and multitask and check your messages and all that kind of stuff and emails. And lock into this. This will change your life forever. Man, I tell you, in our lifetime, we, we, won't, we won't understand fully how much God loves us. It's a lifelong quest. We just keep kind of like an like a onion. You just keep unpeeling and unpeeling and seeing more and more sides of his love and getting more like the prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus that they would know what is the width, the length, the depth, the height. I mean, it's just, it's immeasurable. Woo, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm filled up with it right now. God is love. Say it again, God is love. Love is the essence of God. I'm going to go slow today. I, I don't know how far we're going to get. I got a lot. But I, want, I really want you to grab a hold of this. See, when you talk about the essence of something, that is that which is essential. 
Think about it in terms of God. See, without it, without that thing, without the essence of a thing, if, it's, if it isn't present, the thing isn't what it is. I don't know if y'all understand how much is in that statement, God is love. It's the essence of God. Without it, he ceases to be God. <laughs> see, see if, something is a, if, if something is an essence of something, it can't exist without it. Now, once I get through with y'all today, you're going to understand there's nothing you can do that can change God's love for you. Nothing you can do to get him to love you anymore. There's nothing you can do to get, you, get him to love you any less. If he isn't love, he isn't God. Love is the essence of God. It, it's, it's his being. <laughs> Listen, God Write this down if you're taking notes. God, I think I, I have a state, uh, like a, a section on the app where you can fill out some stuff. This is, the, this is your cue to fill out some stuff because I really want you to get, you're not going to get it just hearing it one time. Man, I've been going over and over and over and over this. Okay? And, and I still just understand it a little bit. Okay? And I'm much smarter than you. So you're just going <laughs> to, I'm just kidding. I just want to wake y'all up. <clears throat> no, you, it really, it's, it's really, you, you, you just get, keep getting more. You can come back to these same notes next year. And if you've been meditating on it for a year, you're going to come back and, and learn more. And be at another level with this. Because you just, just keep staring at it. And like, wow, I mean, this, this whole concept of God's love and his love for you, just sometimes I just want to sit there and think about how much he loves me. Whew, hallelujah. Oh, man. <clears throat> okay, y'all ready to write? <clears throat> y'all ready to take notes? We're in class now. Uh, this Sunday school. God owns his love. <laughs> See, that means nobody else can contribute to its being. God owns it. Say, God owns his love. See, see, see no, nobody can contribute to its being. He is love. There, there's nothing you can do to get God to love you. His love, listen, since he owns his love, his love depends on him. It don't depend on you. It depends on him. Let me slow down. I get excited, man. His love depends on him. If it, if it depends on you, that means that you had a part in, a, in the covenant, and you didn't. The covenant is between God and Jesus by two immutable things in which is, it is impossible for God to lie because God couldn't swear by anybody greater. He swore by himself. Old folks would say, He's God all by himself. There's something to that. It's his being. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. See, you, you can't, 
See, if, if you, by your bad behavior, could get God to love you less, first of all, he would cease to be God. And that means you, you could change his being. You can't change his being. God owns his love. You ain't got nothing to do with it. Now, y'all don't have to shout. I just, as long as you think. <laughs> Watch this. This love is not God loving you in response to you doing something. His love depends entirely on him. Now, to understand, and we hear this agape, unconditional love. This is what I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about agape. We're we, we done with eras. We, we moved into agape here. And see, and you, oh, Siri, I'm not talking to you. So when we talk about unconditional love, agape, so, okay. I don't have an answer for that. I do. Just be quiet. I didn't get that. Could you try again? I, 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 stop. I didn't get that. Could you try again? <laughs> All right. So, like I was saying, agape is un conditional love and what we're going to do is to help us to understand unconditional love this really helped me we're going to understand what conditional love is as it relates to God okay if God's love was conditional that would mean that his love is based on who you are Or, or what you do. Like, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. See? Then that would be conditional love. If, if love depended upon who you are or what you do, like I'm not good enough or whatever, then that would be conditional love, right? So, let's work it backwards. That will help you understand. When you, when you get that, then you can help, it'll help you understand God's unconditional love better because unconditional love is not based on who we are. It's based on who he is. Think about that. Unconditional love is based entirely on who he is. God owns his love. Now, this might hit you three in the afternoon or the 3rd of February, 2021, or maybe 2022, as long as it hits you. For God's love to be unconditional, it has to mean it, it depends entirely on, on him. That's his very essence, his love. Ooh, man. I understand the reaction because 
Uh, I, I've, I've been going over and over this, and like I, 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 I didn't first. I didn't get it. Now, like, oh, 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 oh. I got, I got this. See, and some people try to earn his love by, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read my Bible, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna pray this week. I'm gonna read. I know I, I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna read my Bible. For what? I'm, I'm serious. For what? See, those are good things to do, but why are you doing it? Are you doing it to try to get God to love you? You can't contribute to his love for you. <laughs> huh? Thank you. God owns his love. You can't contribute to it. You're praying and you can't like, okay, Lord, look at me. I've witnessed to people. I, I did this. I read my Bible, you know. <laughs> look at me. Huh? Look at me, God. No, none of that stuff earns God's love. There's nothing you can do to get God to love you any more than he loves you right now. There's nothing you can do to get, you, get him to love you any less. Now, when you pray and read your Bible because he loves you and you just want to know him more, you want to know more about him. See, isn't that different? Than, I'm going to get it in. I got, oh, man, I forgot. Dang it. I forgot to read my Bible today. I'm going to read my Bible. And it really doesn't mean anything. It's, it's, it's like God's just on the outside, and he's over here, and, and, and he got a series of stuff that, a list of stuff that I should do to be spiritual because that's what they told me in church. See, that's religion. We're going to talk, talk about this God being out here as opposed to him living his life through you. Thank you, Lord. Uh, you, you, you can't earn agape. And it's difficult for humans to receive gifts. It really is. Sometimes people just don't know how to receive. Sometimes, like, you ever hold the door open for somebody? You go in, in a place of business somewhere, you hold the door open, and they come in behind. You're holding the door for somebody, and then they, they reach out to hold the door. And you clearly are opening the door. What do they think? You're going to let it go and slam in their face? Because sometimes it's just difficult for people to receive. You pay for somebody uh, for, uh, dinner. And they say, well, I'll get it next time. Yeah. Just receive the gift. See if it's a gift. Now, when some people give gifts, they're not gifts. They're expecting something back. Dude, I got you something for your birthday. Now it's my birthday. See how you are? Then you, that wasn't a gift. Because you're expecting something in return. And sometimes people throw that, that same mindset on God. God's not like that. Here's another thing. You ever heard pay it forward? What does that mean? Where, where, where does that come from? How, how do people use that? Pay it forward. Pay what forward? 
I'm talking to y'all. Y'all can talk, talk back to me now. So, huh? Pay, pay it, pay what? What is it, though? Pay it forward. I, I, I hear it in terms of, like, you're in Starbucks, and somebody in front of you bought your drink. So you feel like, I'm going to pay it forward, so I'm going to pay it for the next person. That's not agape. That's, 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 not, that's not a gift. We, even in the natural, forget agape, you, how are you going to pay something forward? <laughs> not if it's a gift. If it's an obligation, you feel obliged to do something because somebody did something for you. It just goes right along with this being just hard for people to receive gifts. Now, if you want to do something for somebody, that's fine, but don't attach it to a gift. Amen. If I give you a gift for your birthday or whatever, I could care less whether you get something for mine. I, I, I'm, I'm serious. Because the gift depends entirely on the person giving it. Amen? And if I'm expecting you to give me something back, then that wasn't really a gift. Not really. All right, y'all getting something out of this? Okay, loving kindness. Real quick, we're going to hit this like James Brown would say, hit it and quit. But I'm going to give you these definitions again so you understand. Loving kindness is steadfast, immovable love, it's mercy, it's grace. Get this, it's God's, it's God's working out the expressions of covenant love. And loving kindness is now in this moment. It's not the past. Humans like to live in the past. I remember back in the day, and they love living in the future. I, I, I know that one of these old days that God's going to bless me. No, loving kindness is God is blessing me right now in this moment. I am blessed. Say, say I am blessed. Say, I'm a highly favorite. In this moment, now. God is with me now. God is working for me now. Now, let, let's just, I just want you to see there's 245, I believe, scriptures uh, or hased is mentioned 245 times, I believe, in the Old Testament. And we're just going to take a sample of them. We're going to read through these quickly. Exodus 34, 6. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious. Hased. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Hased. 
steadfast love there is hesed and faithfulness. Nehemiah 9, 17. They refused to obey and were not mindful of the wonders that you performed among them, but they stiffened their neck and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. But even after all that rebellion, now this is an old covenant that's not as good as the covenant that we have today. And look, even though it called them stiff neck, okay, they refused to what? Obey? Weren't mindful of those signs and wonders that he performed among them? Was stiff necked And they were to, uh, appointed a leader and asked them to take us back over to, into Egypt to be slaves. But you are a God ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in what? Steadfast love, as I said, and did not forsake them. Psalm 103.8, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in what? I said, steadfast love. Jonah 4.2, and he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is this not what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew I knew, I knew, I wish we would know that you are a gracious God and merciful. See, grace and mercy are different. Mercy is when you don't get what you deserve. Grace is when you get what you don't deserve. He's slow to anger and abounding in his head. Stead fast love, and relenting from disaster. And this is old covenant. Deuteronomy 7, 9, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Okay? Now that was under the law. We... we don't keep the law today. We don't keep his uh, commandments of the law. Okay. Now, Psalm 1, 136. To, to him who by understanding made the heavens for his steadfast has set. His steadfast love endures forever. To him who spread out the earth above the waters for his has said endures forever. To him who made the great lights, his has said endures forever. The sun to rule over the day for his has said steadfast love endures forever. The moon and stars to rule over the night for his steadfast love endures forever. Isaiah 54, 8, in overflowing anger, for a moment I hid my face from you, but with everlasting love. I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
for the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love, my hesed, shall not depart from you. And my covenant of peace, now this is talking about this covenant that you and I live in, shall, whoo, see this blood covenant is a covenant of peace. It shall never be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. The steadfast love, there's a song about this, of the Lord never ceases. If I was a singer, I'd sing it to you. His mercies never come to an end. They are what? New every morning. Fresh mercies. Fresh hased every morning. Fresh steadfast love every morning. Thank you, Lord. Great is your faithfulness. Now, this, this next one, I'm going to say something about. This is David when, after he committed this sin and committed adultery, the sin of adultery with Bathsheba, and, uh, and then had her husband killed, put him on the front line of the battle, arranged for her husband to be killed so he could, he could have a to himself. How many of y'all know, know that was wrong? And he knew it. But he knew that there was, there was no forgiveness under the law of Moses. So he appealed to the covenant heart of God. And he said, have mercy. This is David after, that's, after those sins. He appealed to the covenant-keeping God. See, because under the law of Moses, he needed to be stoned to death according to the law for what he did. But he pleaded to God for, this, uh, for, for his, pleaded to his covenant love. I have, he said, have mercy on me, O God, according to your hesed. He appealed to his hesed, his steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. <laughs> and that was, that was pre-cross. When we look back, knowing that we, our sins have been blotted out. Some of y'all will get that. Some of y'all haven't gotten a hold of this yet. That our sins and iniquities, God remembers no more. Jeremiah 31, watch this. This is the covenant. Okay. This is talking about this new covenant. All you got to do is go to Hebrews chapter 8, and you'll see this. This is new covenant. But this is Jeremiah. Can you imagine them hearing this? Jeremiah is up in heaven saying, Man, I wish these folk would understand the covenant that they're living in. They get to enjoy on this earth 
what I, what I prophesied about years ago, they are living in the dream. Okay, this is not a place to go to sleep. Now, I know the devil will try to make you sleepy over stuff like this, but this, is, this stuff will stick to your bones. But when you get a hold of it, it'll change your life. Now, watch this. Man, we're going somewhere. All this is a foundation for, for, for where we're going right now. Watch this. But this is the covenant that I will make. With the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law within them and write it on their hearts. This is, see, it's all about, notice the time I highlighted here, I will. This is all God doing this. Huh? You, see, we don't have anything to do with it but saying yes to this covenant. This is not God on the outside and we're trying to figure out what would Jesus do. It's him on the inside saying, and, and we saying to him, okay, what, what are we going to do, Jesus? This is the covenant that, that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. You got God's ways on the inside. This is not talking about the law of Moses. This is talking about the laws that he writes on your heart, like the law of liberty, the, we, we, the law of love, the law of faith. It's built into it. We, 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 are, we are hardwired in our spirit with God's ways. I will put my law within them. I will write it. You're not doing nothing. He wrote it. He wrote it in you. You got, you got some writing in you. I will write it in their hearts. Y'all getting this? I will be their God. And in the Old Testament, when, when, what that meant was, like, when, when he's your God, that means if you need healing, I'm your healer. If you need finances, I'm your financier. You need peace, I'm your peace. I am whatever you need. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. You know what it means? Was like that, those, my people. My people over there. That's my people. Like some of the family, y'all, y'all my people. I will. See, focus on those words, I will. This is not something outside of me, demanding of me a life that I can't live on my own and, and condemning me when I inevitably fail. You understand? This is not life. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to live somewhere out here, trying to do something on my own, which I'm inevitably going to fail, and yet God is demanding something of me that I can't do, and he's going, to, he's going to condemn me when I fail. Somebody said the Christian life is hard, Pastor. No, it's not hard. It's impossible. 
when you try to do it on your own. But when you understand it's a dance, you're on the dance floor. And uh, far be it from me to teach anybody how to dance. I need Carla's help. But, but it's, 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 it's kind of like we dance partners, and it's like he takes a step, and I follow him. He's like, okay, let's go over here. Let's, let's do this. Let's come over here. Let's, oh, no, no, over here. Yeah, there you go. Huh? Not, you did it wrong. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a dance. We're following him. You see that? He's not out here. He's in here. Boy, it, it is. It, it, it is freedom, isn't it? It's, it's this liberty. Yes. So, so Lord, where are we going to go today? What are we going to do? I wake up excited because of this stuff. I'm getting this. I taught blood covenant before, man, but I am getting stuff out, out of this, man. Oh, my goodness. You got to tie me to the ground. I, I think I might float. And notice... He says in verse 34, and no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, know the Lord. For what? They shall all know me. And it's usually here where I get off into talking about all these prophets um, these nonprofit corporations walking around talking about <laughs> y'all missed that little nonprofit, but trying to lead people like the old covenant prophet. There's a difference between the old covenant prophet, new covenant prophet. I'm not going to get into that right now, but I can tell you right now, you don't need a man to lead you or a woman leading you. God is on the inside of you. He said, all shall know me. Yeah, but I just got to say, from the least to the greatest. Huh? You need to know the direction of God for yourself. And man, much damage has been done in the body of Christ as a, as a result of prophesying. They prophesy people to some foreign country, and they're miserable when they get there. And one, one day I'm going to talk about the will of God, because some people look, look at the, the God's will. You want to know God's will for your life. You might want to do something, but it's what God wants. And I, I'm, I'm with that, I, of course, but not the way that you're trying to make it. Like, and, and usually when it comes to, to God's will, um, it, you know, people look at it like it's something that, that he tells you to do versus what you want to do. It's always is worse. From a human standpoint, it's it's like it's 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 something miserable. Like he's gonna call you to some you know swamp, <laughs> you know, on the other side of the world or something. Oh, that's got to be God's will. <laughs> and they go and 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 and, and listen. People do this kind of stuff. They go and they think it has to be God's will because this is a miserable place to go. 
to, 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 just, to just, just be there. It had to be God telling me to do this. And they'll, and they'll go to some place that where they're not supposed to be. And I, I know we need to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every, every creature. Uh, but some people, they, they just think the will of God has got to be just something that's going to be uh, make, make their life miserable. But no, it's, see, we, we know his voice, and, and he'll lead you, and he'll guide you. It's not difficult to know the will of God. He's in you. Amen. They all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest. And let me tell you all, I, I need to say this every once in a while. Somebody comes up to you and even know how spiritual they look. Mm -mm. Mm. Thus says the Lord. And, and they say something to you, and you never heard it in your life. You never heard it on the inside of you. Forget about it. I heard the story that this pastor said, um, Somebody came up to him every Sunday and said, um, God wanted me to tell you this, and God wanted me to tell you that. And every Sunday. And finally, she had enough. She said, tell God I don't want to hear it. <laughs> and she followed up that up by saying, if he can't tell me directly, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. See, you all have a relationship with God. And y'all taking up my time with this. Now, here it is. Here's what I want you to see. They'll know, all know me from the least to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will, there's, there's that word, I will, I will forgive their iniquity. I will remember their sin no more. God did this. Apart from our confession. Now we got to confess our sins in order. It's not your confession that forgave you. It was the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. It's on the basis of the cross, on the basis of the blood that we've been forgiven. I will forgive their iniquity. There's no price tag for you to pay. Your part is not to try harder or promise, promise to try harder, do better. No, your part is to just respond to this amazing love and say, Yes. Now that's too simple for some people because they dismiss the, the, the fact that he's in us. His laws are in our heart. That's not nothing. He wrote something in you. Remember that? Well, you, you got to do something. We are doing something, but we ain't doing nothing. Huh? We moving. But it's the rhythm of grace. 
We follow in his steps. And it's not a chore because he ain't out there somewhere. So get intimate with him. Get to know him. Not to get him to love you, but because he loves you. Woo, man. It's, it's all about dependence on him. Listen, you never graduate, just a little bit more. We never graduate from dependence upon him. You cannot bring the promises of God to pass in your life through self-effort. It's through dependence on him. Listen, we are helpless to bring God's promises to pass or make them happen by resolve, dedication, or a 12-step program. We depend on God who made a blood covenant with us, swearing by himself to achieve all of this in our lives. We depend on his faithfulness to keep it. And I'm going to close with this. Now, let's look at 1 John 1, 9 in the light of this. Now, let's, let's look at this Just um, think about what we said about God's um, loving kindness and the fact that he's, God is faithful. And God's loving kindness is him working out the expressions of covenant love in our life. And faithfulness is covenant, is God's covenant commitment in this moment. God is faithful. Say, God is faithful. faithful. Now, when you look at faithfulness in the light of the covenant, God is faithful. He, He swore by an oath. He swore by himself to keep his covenant then when we read this, it's, if you're like me, I kind of wrote, I kind of read over the word faithful in this verse. Because it seemed like it should be something else. Like he's loving and just to forgive us our sins. Now this is what he did on the cross. Y'all hang hang in there with me? Okay, I'm, I'm almost finished, but I, I want to leave this with you because this is very important. Because it seemed like, it, like okay, I could see if it said, okay, he's, he's kind to forgive us. Or he's loving to forgive us. What does it mean he's faithful to forgive us? Think about this in the light of what we've been learning about covenant. He's faithful to his covenant. See, in forgiving us, he's being faithful to what? To the covenant in which he cannot lie. He's being faithful to Jesus, our covenant representative to whom he swore he would remember our sins and iniquities no more. He's faithful to that. 
He's faithful to forgive us. Your forgiveness is a done deal. All your sins have been forgiven past, present, and future. And we are free to live for him. And he living in us. It's a dance, y'all. Welcome to the party. But when we, if you, we ever can get a hold of this. Now, this is something you, that, that I'd encourage you to get this tape, this CD, and just keep listening to it over and over. And get it, 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 I tell you, it'll get deeper and deeper on the inside of all of us. Thank you, Lord. And people that, that see religious folks that don't don't understand um, what I'm talking about, they they always they they're looking at things like when they try to when 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 they don't really get a hold of grace or something like that, then they they start bringing up this catalog of scriptures. That, well, what about this scripture? What about that scripture? What about this scripture? And it, to, to to them, it's it's it, it's and you can tell. It's not about a relationship. It's about, I got 10 scriptures. And they're referencing things that they've been taught. And, and, they're, and they're not willing to learn. And sometimes I just, don't, I just don't fool with people's questions when they try to go there. And what about the scripture? What about, the, and I realize, and the way that they're coming. Not, I mean, are you coming to you? Are you... First of all, before we get into anything, I, now, if somebody want, wants to learn, that's one thing. But don't argue with people. The Bible never tells us to argue with people. Because when people want to bring up, well, what about, look, are you coming to me as a, as a student willing to learn or, or as some kind of professor trying to correct a student? Because <laughs> sometimes that people come in like that. They, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to straighten you out. I don't have time for that. Because you, you got to understand that I, I came through a process to understand what I'm understanding right now. And I'm not going to go back and forth with, here's my scripture, here's your scripture, here's my scripture. It ain't about that. Because you, the opponents, <laughs> have gone through a process to get what you got. And see, listen, we all are students of the word. We all should be willing to learn. And some people, they just want to just stay with what they've all, they've heard for years and years and years. And if anything doesn't line up with that, they instantly reject it because they never heard it before. Because after all, if it was true, I would have heard it. Because I'm the sum total of all knowledge. If I haven't heard it, and if I haven't learned this, and if I don't understand it the way you understand it, then it has to be wrong, because obviously I know everything. And sometimes when people are opposing the truth, it's because, and they get so angry about it, it's because they got some issues in their own life. And they don't have freedom in their own life. Amen. 
Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you, Lord.